It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials program, and I am sitting with my co-host, my partner, my attorney, my good friend, Michael J. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Now, my middle initial is B, so I'm curious as to why the J this time, Don. So tell me, Don A. Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> he throws out my name to get me back or something. I don't know what the retaliation there, saying my full name, but and you didn't, but it's Speaking of Jay, it's Junior because my father's the Don Crawford Senior, and that is that what the J stands for? No, no, the J stands for judicious. He is uh, he is that and many things more. He is our legal expert. He is my co-host, and he is assertively committed to protecting your family, your assets, and you. And today will be no exception. And Michael, we spoke before the program, and you indicated you felt it was really important to elaborate on the story you were telling last week and how important that thing, power of attorney, is to most listeners. Power of attorney, first of all, what is a power of attorney? There's lots of different types of powers of attorney. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a general, durable, kind of a financial power of attorney, dealing with your assets during your lifetime. You know, it's just one of those basic documents. I had my daughters, I have two daughters, one that's 18 and one's 23. I had them both signed some basic documents when they turned 18. I think they would have preferred to have a car. But in any event, <laughs> uh, a power of attorney, yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't get as good as a gas mileage, but no. it's, a gift that keeps on, yeah, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Well, right. anyway, a power of attorney deals with your assets. Who do you give the authority to deal with your assets, particularly if you're disabled? Durable means it's good during disability. Now, powers of attorney terminate at death, and so I'm really going to be referring today to a financial power of attorney. There are other things like medical powers of attorney. Sometimes people have limited uh, powers of attorney is only mm-hmm. to deal with one or more th- a few things like dealing mm-hmm. with real estate or something. But mm-hmm. in this case, I'm going to talk about a general durable power of attorney and the havoc it caused one family for the failure to have some simple planning documents, and they could have even done better by having some additional powers in that power of attorney. Interesting. So, yeah, so here's the story. This is, um, uh, unfortunately, a real-life story. Um, in this case, the husband who, and this is not to be political or anything like that, who unfortunately uh, did not get vaccinated and got COVID and died. Uh, he had a will. He got one of these wills. It wasn't a very good will. And the will, uh, but the will actually, uh, I, there wasn't really even a need to probate it because they had some um, things that just went to the wife automatically. In other words, there was beneficiary designations 
let's say if you have a life insurance policy, uh, it has generally has a beneficiary designation. Uh, if you have an IRA, it has a beneficiary designation. Maybe her name was on account. But that wasn't the problem, even though the will wasn't very good. The problem is that it all went to wife, and you might say, well, that's good. Uh, it avoided probate. But the problem is uh, that she lacks mental capacity. Uh, he, she got ill. I don't know if the illness was caused by uh, the failure to be vaccinated or for, for other reasons, uh, but the reality is she doesn't have mental capacity, and she lives in a nursing home. And the children have no access or no ability, because there's no power of attorney, to get to her money to help pay for her bills. So everything may have passed to her, but nobody has authority to act on her behalf at this point. So then you say, well, what happened if you had a financial power of attorney, assuming the power of attorney was good and gave the different authority that you would think it would, uh, then there would have been simple. The, uh, there would have been the authority, perhaps, um, to do anything, to do deeds, to sell real estate, to do a mortgage, to uh, have access to various accounts. You could have done every, all sorts of things. In this case, the wife was, or, and slash mother is in a nursing home. Let's say that the nursing home is typical nursing home. Let's say it was $7,000 a month. Most people may not realize the cost of care, uh, how expensive it is for long-term care, and most people don't have long-term care insurance. Mm -hmm. And certainly the income was insufficient, and they don't even have access to the income, uh, although you could get access to the Social Security if you are appointed as a representative payee. But still, even if they had done that, they still would be short. So if you had Social Security that was $1,500 a month and the cost of the facility was 7000 how are they going to get the money to pay if they don't have access to mom's money? Right. On her husband. Well, how can they get to it? All right. So the, when you, usually when you don't plan for yourself, the state does the planning for you. So you have to make a decision. Would you like to make decisions on who's in charge and under what conditions and on what availability that they could do, or do you want to leave it to the government to do that for you? So in this case, by failure to, to do a power of attorney, then they, that means that you have to go by state law and have to get a state approval. And how do you do that? That gets into the guardianship issue, guardianship issue. Well, in the meantime, before we could have a guardian appointed, the nursing home wants to be paid. It's $7,000 a month. Hmm. That means, and if they don't have access to the money, that means that if they don't, they may get, a mom may get evicted uh, hmm. and go to some, they may put her, some, who knows where they might put her, uh, that could possibly even endanger her life. And so does the, do the kids have very limited funds? So now all of a sudden, they, until there's a court order, then they don't have the authority to deal with mom's money. Now, in this case, it wasn't a lot of money. Let's say it was $100,000 plus a home of a couple hundred thousand dollars. All right, so uh, the first step, if they need to get money as quickly as possible by going to court, is to seek temporary guardianship. Temporary guardianship. Hmm. Now, temporary guardianship is you have to show that there's an emergency. So you ha and they don't presume that you lack capacity. You got to prove it. So you have to prove 
a couple things. You have to prove that she doesn't have capacity. Oh, and by the way, not only would you have an attorney that's seeking that temporary guardianship to be able to pay the bills, but that means that the court's going to appoint another attorney. So now you've got two attorneys. Wow. And, of course, you've got court costs. And then uh, then you have this time to um, uh, try to set a hearing. Now, and even if you do uh, get this temporary guardianship, which means you have to give notice to the, you know, that become, person becomes a ward. You may have to have doctors to show what the story is. You have to show it's an emergency, as we mentioned just a second ago. Um, you have a hearing. I guess it could be delayed. You're supposed to have the hearing usually within 10 days, so that way they can pay the bill. However, it could be delayed, and it could be delayed for like 30 days. And a temporary guardianship is only good for 60 days. Mm-hmm. So even if you get the temporary guardianship, you may have to go through the process again to make it permanent. The only reason for doing it temporary is because to be able to get the funds instead of the kids coming out of the money out of pocket to begin with. And then, and then it may only last for a period of time, and then you have two attorneys again involved again, at least two attorneys. I say at least because it could be that two of the kids disagree on who should be the guardian. <laughs> and so maybe the third uh, attorney involved. We see who the winners are here. The, uh, the uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You know, powers of attorney are simple. They're just generally a simple document, although there's different things you could do. So now if you go through to have the permanent guardianship, so let's say that you show, again, doctors say that now that the person is not likely to ever be improved, that they're gonna, uh, they need somebody to be able to take care of them and their assets. That's called guardianship of the estate. So taking care of somebody is called guardianship of the person. Taking care of their assets is called guardianship of the estate. Remember, again, this all would have been avoided with the power of attorney, a simple document. Mm. It's during disability, if it's done properly, if you use the word durable, that means it's good during disability. Powers of attorney are only good during lifetime. They're not to be used after death. Um, anyway, so if you then to seek the uh, permanent guardianship, again, have another hearing. You have to also... Uh, if you wanted to sell something, let's say you wanted to sell the home, you have to get the court's permission, and you have to have an annual accounting. Well, that means you have to show how you spend the money, and on both the temporary and the uh, permanent guardianship, you have to post a bond. Oh, my goodness. You mean all I have to, I have to do all these different things just because I didn't have a simple power of attorney? Yeah, and and then there's different things you could have done with that power of attorney. In other words, there's different things that we could have done to save some of the money and the home. Okay, so what does that mean? <laughs> so uh, so after we've, let's say you did get all these different things, you have to get court permission, and you don't have the options that if you had done your power of attorney in a certain way, so there's not just one power of attorney out there. There's all sorts of different things that you could do. So in this case, we talked about the mom being in a nursing home. And there are different things that happen if you get eligibility for or could accelerate eligibility for Medicaid. And, of course, the court has got to do what's exactly in the best interest of the ward, but they're not likely to let you do a lot of different things to preserve resources in a way that, uh, that, that maybe the family would have preferred. In other words, they'll probably let you buy a pre-need funeral, 
uh, a funeral doesn't count for Medicaid. So let's say on the resources, um, the court may let you buy a funeral in advance, but they may not let you protect the home from the government's claim against it uh, after death if the person was on Medicaid to the extent that Medicaid benefits have been advanced. Remember, we've talked in many shows about a ladybird deed. A ladybird deed is an enhanced life estate deed where the state has a right to the state has a right to make a claim after, let's say, mom died if she was on Medicaid to get repaid for what they paid out in advance. But at least if you had a ladybird deed, the, the it would avoid a successful claim by the state. In other words, the if that uh, agent, let's say, you named one of the kids as the uh, agent, they could have if if the agent was given the authority to create the deed, then the home, that two hundred thousand dollar home, could be preserved for the children after mom dies. But I don't think a court will allow you to do that. Well, it just depends upon the judge. All they care about what's in the best interest of the ward. They don't care about the children. But you would think that mom would prefer that the home go to her family as opposed to the government for repayment. Mm. So now, not only are you potentially losing all the hundred thousand dollars, but now you maybe if, if she lives long enough and she's not that old, um, she, you may have lost all three hundred thousand dollars because mm. you didn't do a power of attorney. And there's lots of other different things that you could do with that power of attorney that I guess we could talk about uh, in the second half of this show. I agree, and I appreciate that. Um, goodness, it's complicated. Uh, it can get very messy, and as you implied, the heirs are the ones who lose, the beneficiaries are the ones who lose, the only people that win, at least when it, you have to endure all of this, um, and going to court and having all these lawyers involved are the lawyers. They're the ones who make all this money, and your job is to see to it they don't make this money and that these are ironclad um, wills, trust, powers of attorney. That's your job. That's your vision. That's your passion. And that hasn't changed since the day I met you. And that's part of the reason why I respect you so much. And I know the audience does, too. You will see uh, online via Zoom virtually Michael in action if you want by attending his next workshop. And that is scheduled for Thursday. September the 9th at 1 o'clock. It's an estate planning essentials workshop where you get to see Michael, not sit down, but see Michael. I guess you'll sit down, but in your in your own home, on your couch, at your desk, uh, in your living room chair, wherever you want, and experience a workshop without having to have to get in your car and drive there because of the fact that Michael is still having the workshops online because of the virus, and uh, he's putting safety first like he should, which shouldn't surprise anybody. But these are free estate planning essential workshops that Michael's been doing for years and years, and you could you can attend the next one very easily on September the 9th, which is a Thursday at 1 o'clock. And, Michael, a little bit more about those workshops, please. Yeah, we ask people what they want to know. Is it about wills, trust, Medicaid, veterans' benefits? Um, is it about possible new laws changing with an infrastructure bill? Is it going to be about – it could be any number of things. And every workshop is different because I never know what questions that people are going to ask. And so we ask people at the very beginning what they want to know. You'll learn something from questions that others may have asked. And we proceed to answer them. Well, of course, we will have some presentation to give some general idea about things like powers of attorney that we talked about here today and other documents that 
uh, just to have a clearer understanding of what they do and what they don't do and see if uh, whatever you have is best for you. But the we ask in that two hours, we will answer your questions. And even after that, if you go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, which is from 1 to 3 on September 9th, like you said, uh, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And what I was going to say is that if you do go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, we even give you what we call a vision meeting which is another uh, hour that we look at your own individual situation to see if your goals are being accomplished, and we will discuss what your options may be. It's free. There's no obligation. Uh, And all you have to do, again, is call that 214-720-0102, telephone number 214-720-0102, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. DallasElderLawyer.com, and you could, you know, you'll be one of many that'll see and learn. I hope uh, that you know maybe answer your questions that you don't know without any obligation. And you're not going to get a reaction from Michael, no matter what the question is. You can ask him who does his hair, who dresses him. You can ask him really anything you want, which will be fun. But all kidding aside, you can come to this. You don't have to ask a question. You don't have to be seen during the Zoom workshop. Um, you can just be audio instead of visual, um, and you can still watch and even a- and ask your question, and you'll find it an extremely valuable, if not invaluable, two hours, again, on that Thursday, September the 9th at 1 o'clock. Now, Michael, as you were talking and educating us about the power of, powers of attorney, I get the feeling you've seen this movie before, and disasters have been created or avoided. Yeah, you could, yes. You know, for the people, just like anything in life, those who people who plan are going to have more options uh, and more flexibility and more protection than those who don't. I mean, that's why some people have insurance and some people don't. The ones who don't have insurance are more likely to have, unfortunately, um, uh, some bad things that are at risk, whatever the type of insurance, uh, uh, so uh, or lack thereof. Uh, you know, so. You know, uh, to me, this is no more a power of attorney. It's like a disability, a cheap disability insurance policy. In this case, we could have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars of assets with just a nominal cost. Um, so I guess the question is, is it worth, you know, a few hundred dollars to save 300000 I don't know. But to some people, the glass is 99% empty. And to other people, it's one percent full, or whatever, or one percent, one percent empty. And you know, it just depends on the way you look at things. Is it is a little bit of money cost you? I mean, some people just have a general statutory form, but you see, there's lots more that you could do in this case if they had planned, because uh, again, they had no long-term care insurance, and Medicaid has different rules. And so does veterans benefits. And so a lot of times there's different things you could do uh, if you put these extra things in the truck in the power of attorney. So for example, um, in the power of attorney, there are you could it's not just statutory language. You could add additional powers. So for example, you could create a you could give your agent the ability to create a trust. Let's say that the wife 
was a widow of a wartime veteran, and we wanted to sell the home. You could put in the power of attorney the ability to create a certain type of trust so that if they did sell that home, that the proceeds would not create ineligibility for veterans' benefits. Again, like for veterans, uh, just like for Medicaid, they look at your assets. A home doesn't count as an asset. But if you sell the home, what happens? It becomes cash, and then you have too much resources generally. Now, on the other hand, for Medicaid, so you could put the ability to create a trust so that it could be done in a way that protect those proceeds. On the other hand, for Medicaid, uh, we talked about the ability to do a ladybird deed, an enhanced life estate deed, a deed that says it goes to, let's say, oh, children upon death. Well, you need to have the authority. So you add that authority in the power of attorney. So in this case, if we said, oh, okay, we'll give the power to do a ladybird deed. Okay, so we save the $200,000 because the person, you know, originally with the guardianship, they're not going to let you do that probably. It depends, I guess, upon the court. All right, now let's say that the kids don't get along or the kids are uh, disabled. One of them is disabled or one of them has a credit issues or whatever. Well, if I had that same ability to create a trust, we could do a ladybird deed into a trust to protect the disabled child. So if they inherit that, you know, let's say the disabled child was on a public benefits program themselves, and if they inherited, they may have had too much resources. And so here you could do a trust that gives the ability uh, from the power of attorney to protect them so they don't lose that public benefit. Furthermore, if, the, if let's say there was four children, they can't agree, you could have the Lady Bird deed go into a trust for one child who, let's say, is a trusted child um, that could sell the home and divide up the proceeds the way you want uh, based on your current plan if you had the ability to create a trust to begin with. Or maybe your income was too great. And so for Medicaid, uh, if your income is too great and you don't have the ability to create a trust, uh, it put in the power of attorney, then when you go to the bank to establish an account to put the income into the trust, it's called a qualified income trust, another type of trust that could be done if you put that in the power of attorney. But if you don't have it, you don't have the authority. So anyway, hmm. uh, basically, this gives the authority to create that trust at a later date if your income was too great. She may be getting Social Security from her husband that puts her income over the income cap for Medicaid. The income cap for Medicaid is $2,382 a month. Uh, so if the, if the income was too great, then you could give the ability of the agent to create that trust at a later date should you become incapacitated later on. So it's not planning for right now. When you talk in, in the planner's world, in the estate planner's world or the Medicaid planner's world, you don't think of things the way it is right now. You think of things the way they could be, what the things that could be done. So let's say that there were some grandchildren that were uh, under 21 and you wanted to set up some sort of college education accounts for Medicaid. That's okay. It's not a transfer, even though normal. it's not a penalized transfer if you do it the right way. But you have to have in your power of attorney the ability to do those transfers. Most powers of attorney do, do not have that. So, again, uh, you could go within the rules and you could put these extra provisions. So, in other words, on this $300,000 of assets that we talked about at the beginning of the show, that they that everything could have been protected with the simple power of attorney with some extra little provisions, but it could be very simple to do by simply doing it. 
It's a basic document, just like a medical power of attorney is a basic document. People have wills or trusts are pretty basic. Uh, a living will, that's the pull-the-plug instrument, is a basic document. Uh, a HIPAA, the ability to have access to medical records upon death, is a pretty basic document. Sometimes if you think that uh, there's going to be potentially a dispute between children on who's in charge, you can have a declaration of guardian and the ventilator and competence are neat, pretty simple. Uh, we did have a situation like that just uh, this past week uh, where somebody was taking care of uh, uh, a relative, or not even a relative, one a nephew was, was named as the power of attorney, uh, and a friend, neighbor was the uh, named as the medical power of attorney. And now they're fighting it out. Uh, so it may end up going to court for guardianship if there's a lack of mental capacity. So now all of a sudden you have a, a dispute. We had at one time where there was a uh, two daughters uh, who were named equal. And one daughter said, oh, I think I should be in charge. Uh, oh, no. Well, actually, they didn't have anything. They didn't have a declaration of guardian of ventilator incompetence or need, and that was what was the problem in their situation. They had uh, one child was uh, named the medical power of attorney, and the other, and 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 she and an, and a sibling were named as co-agents. Usually, not a good idea to have co-agents, but a lot of people want to have it anyway. Uh, in any event, the co-agent sister and uh, the two of them didn't get along. She went to court to seek guardianship. I know that uh, so far, because it's been a dispute, uh, one child told me that they had spent $126,000 in legal fees uh, for the guardianship uh, contest. Um, oh, again, now I'm not saying that all guardianship contests are $126,000, but it would cost thousands of dollars. And remember, all you had to do was have that simple power of attorney, probably, and the courts would have looked at it, uh, even if there was a dispute. Well, in any event, again, it's, it's, you could have some very basic documents. All you have to do is take the step and be proactive to protect you and your family the way you want. You can tell how incredulous and passionate Michael is when it comes to this small, relatively small document, this power of attorney that's so critical. And I don't see this as as options, like Michael was saying, with all due respect, I see these as opportunities. These are opportunities for you to capitalize on, to protect yourself, protect your beneficiaries, family members, whoever's going to take care of you and your assets while you're alive and when you pass away. Attend Michael's next workshop to ask any questions you have about these topics or any others. It is on Thursday, September the 9th at 1 o'clock to do so. Sign up by calling 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102 for Michael's free, there's no charge, estate planning essentials workshop, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. The record shows I took the Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. 
Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.